On today's episode, NBA preseason, Knicks, Friday Night Knicks and MSG, and ESPN released the worst top 100 NBA player list of all time. We talk about that. Kyrie's not speaking to the media. There's, what's new? I mean, he's the AB of the NBA. He's nuts. We talk about Trevor Bauer. He should really go to the New York market instead of play for the Sorry Angels. And then we talk about the Rams-Pats game from last night and give our locks of the week. All next. Yeah, you know what time it is. This man was a bona fide scrub. Today is Friday, December 11th. Bonafide Scrubs, Will Swanky, Noah Levine, back with you after finals week. So we did it. We came through. The week is finally over. The semester is finally over. We know a lot of our listeners are college students as well. So you got through it. So congratulations to you. Or, okay. I mean, maybe you didn't. Maybe you, maybe Chris you, maybe you dropped out. Chris, Chris uh, for a friend of the show, his finals are next week. He has a, Oh, my. He has no cl- yeah, he's no class today, but he was upset that he has finals next week. All so, right, Chris, well, if you're yeah, listening, you got it, buddy. Every college is not the same. Uh, I know a majority of our friends uh, went through it this week, so that is the context that I'm using. Uh, we are back for the next couple of shows. We will be back with two shows next week, and then we're going to close it out with a very special show on December 22nd. That will be our last show of the year. So get ready for that. Check out the Instagram at the Bonafide Scrub. There's going to be some promotion and uh, you know, some community interaction for that show. So uh, you know, get ready for that. That's going to be a big one for us to plan out. Okay, Noah, we're not the only thing back today. The NBA preseason tips off finally again and uh, you know, it's it's crazy how quickly they they've been able to turn around everything. We went from basically like 70 days ago was the NBA Finals, and then we got through the draft, free agency, you know, an entire offseason of planning for them to get started uh, and play NBA games outside the state of Florida for the first time in, you know, hundreds of days. So uh, there are five games in action tonight. Our Knicks are one of them. For the first time in 275 days, the Knicks are back playing against the Detroit Pistons. And, uh, you know, it's exciting. It's exciting to watch your favorite team. There's a lot of uh, new storylines for the Knicks heading into this year. What are you most excited about tonight for the return of the NBA and the return of the Knicks? Well, I'm excited to see what Obi Toppin can do, our rookie. I'm excited to see what Thibodeau has been uh, preparing these guys for and what their sort of offensive and defensive schemes are going to look like, I think. Thibodeau's known for his defense. And we're going to see these young players really go up and down the court and run and play hard defense every night. I'm really curious to see how Mitchell Robinson plays at the center position. He's always in foul trouble. I want to see if Tips could clean that up and make him a great defense player, maybe a defense player of the year candidate. Yeah, uh, speaking of Robinson, you know, I saw comments from Thibodeau about how he has improved so far in their time working together. And a point of emphasis for him was to limit uh, the amount of fouls that Robinson gets because he just is constantly in foul trouble, uh, similar to what Porzingis had to go through at the beginning, beginning of his career. They were just, they're never on the court during meaningful time because of fear of fouling out. And I also saw that Robinson is coming into the season at 250 pounds and he played 
uh, about, at about 240 last year. So he's coming in 10 pounds heavier, 10 pounds bigger, uh, which for you know a tall seven-foot center, uh, that's never going to put you at a disadvantage to come in a little bit heavier and stronger. Yeah, for me, I mean, obviously very similar. You know, th- this is a young team. They're not going to be expected to win many games. So, I mean, what are you watching for? You're going to be watching to see the young players, to see Obi Toppin uh, in his, I guess, debut technically tonight. Uh, obviously, Kevin Knox, Frank Nilakina. You know, we don't really know what their roles are going to be on this team. We don't know how many minutes they're going to play. We don't know if they're going to start. Uh, so, I guess the preseason is where you can help figure those things out. And, uh, you know, if Knox or, or Kina or any of the young players have a good game tonight or in any of the preseason games, that could increase their their playing time and their role on the team for the real game. So uh, it's going to be definitely interesting to to see how that develops. It's going to be a rookie matchup. The seventh versus eighth, eighth pick, Killian Hayes, is going up against Toppin. The Pistons are <laughs> the opponent. They took Hayes seventh overall. Pistons going to piston. Guard that, this is a point guard we didn't want. So we're going to get to see him play in his his uh, preseason debut, and uh, you know Toppin and Hayes will just we'll see the comparison. I guess you know they're they're picked in a very similar spot. Killian, watch how he scores thirty on the Knicks. But anyways, you know well we forgot to mention one player who is actually extremely important to this Knicks future, who we should be paying close attention to, R.J. Oh, yeah. Barrett, the third overall pick from last year. We need to see improvement in his shooting this year. I know he was he said he was playing his best ball when the when the uh, pandemic started in March and the season got canceled, but he was improving his free throw shooting and three point shooting. Then I want to see what he worked on the off season because he needs to be our best player essentially. I mean Julius Randall, yeah, technically he's our best player on paper, but he's not going to be here much longer. R.J. Barrett is the future, the third overall pick from last year. I mean he he I expect I have high expectations for him. I expect him to average almost twenty points this year. I mean. It's really him and Randall, if you think about it, Will, that are going to take the most shots on this team. Like, Mitch doesn't shoot that much. Knox is pretty bad at shooting, so he won't make many points. But And Kena and Dennis Smith, they are not very good at offense, as we've seen in their young careers so far. So it's up to Barrett to take over and sort of be the captain of this young team and take them to new heights moving forward. Yeah, I, I expect Barrett to be playing a lot. And we know Tibbs, he always plays you know his better players a majority of the game. Uh, but this is just preseason. It's funny because you know there are five games in action tonight. One of them is the Lakers and the Clippers. I have no idea how many starters are going to play in that game. I, I assume Kawhi won't even show up. LeBron, LeBron. who knows <laughs> how many minutes he's going to play. But for the Knicks, like I feel like all their players, like I mean, who are they going to sit? Are they going to sit Randall and Barrett after the first quarter and like not play them to, to conserve them? Like they're, they're just a roster of players that, you know, we've talked about that they have no star. I just, I have no idea what their roster looks like. There's no uh, cohesion with, with any of the starters. I feel like the lineup could change at any point. So yeah, when you mentioned Barrett, he obviously has to be, you know, if not our best player, our second best player, our third best player at least. Uh, and he should be playing a lot of minutes tonight because it's only his second year. And, uh, you know, his last season got cut short, obviously, because of the pandemic and the season ending. And he was hitting sort of his rookie slump as the season was winding down. So we'll see if he can you mean come stride. out of second year. No, you mean rookie stride. slump. No, after, they, after rookies play like 35 games, they're, they're not conditioned. No, but he was playing, playing well, but he was playing well in March. He was, was playing he? well in I March, he was, though. I thought he was shooting Yeah, uh, I told percent. you. 
No, no, he improved his free throw and everything uh, by March. But uh, all right, well, he's better keep improving on that now. Yeah. So, anyways, I mean, this is the entire Knicks team. Like, these are the Knicks and Pistons rosters facing out tonight. Probably the two worst teams in the East, I'd say, and. Maybe it's secretly Cavs, an advantage. Cavs are up yeah, there too. Yeah, maybe the Knicks have a little advantage because every other team is going to be saying all their good players and the Knicks are just going to – this is good for the Knicks, the preseason, because they're going to play their whole roster. They're going to get chemistry. They need these extra four games. I mean, they haven't played since March like these other teams. A lot of teams play in the bubble and still have that chemistry. Knicks got to get – maybe they can uh, play better earlier in the season. That teams are not putting their foot in the gas right away because they haven't played – enough together to get that chemistry back but i'm not saying the Knicks are gonna be good team at the start of the season but they could definitely play better and we've seen them play better at the start of seasons before so this these four games are gonna be a good learning curve for some of these young players i love it yeah i mean hope it is i mean you can make the same argument that they're playing against non-competition because the teams are not playing their better players so i guess you could there's that side of the coin as well where well i mean we don't really we can't really evaluate how well they're playing if they're not playing the other team's best roster because yeah. they're just not, you know, you're not going to see those same, you know, low-level players when the season actually starts. And yeah, I mean, you're right. The the Knicks seem to play better when the season begins. I guess that's probably because everybody's record is the same. They kind of feel that hope that you know maybe they could be competitive. And then as the season goes on, uh, as they start to fall lower down the standings, they sort of just give up because it feels like they're tanking. It feels like they're just not good enough to win. So. Uh, you know, maybe maybe this year will be different. I highly doubt it. Uh, we expect them to be a pretty poor team this year. So, you know, oh, well. But at least, hey, for the first game, we can be excited. Uh, this isn't an even regular season yet. So, no. a lot to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, they play the uh, Pistons, home at home in preseason, then Cleveland, home at home. So, I mean, all those teams are going to have all their full rosters out there. So we're going to get a taste of what the Knicks' real real team is going to be. All right, well, like we mentioned, Knicks are not the only team in action for tonight. Uh, The Lakers and the Clippers. A lot of, uh, you know, some roster changes for the Lakers. They lost Rajon Rondo. They lost Dwight Howard. Some players that, uh, you know... Does Dwight matter? I can't believe I'm saying it, but they played a a big role for them in their playoff run and their championship win. But they replaced those players with... Dennis Schroeder and Montrezl Harrell, who are significantly better. I don't know how Montrezl Harrell signed for $9 million a year after winning six-man and averaging almost 20 points. I feel like he definitely got scammed, but I don't know. Maybe he's just in it for the title. He doesn't uh, want to play again, the Clippers. He, he was just on a, a title contender. So, yeah, I guess he just hates the Clippers. And uh, But it seemed like he hated the Lakers when he was on the Clippers because... He's I don't know. Trash talking yeah. players. He, you know, he beat up Luca in that one game. <laughs> they had their, they had their going at it. Um, I don't even think yeah, Carroll's you know, that good. I think Schroeder's Lakers, better than him. I think Lakers Schroeder's a, a better addition. Tonight, the Clippers. I don't know who's playing this game. Is Ka- Kawhi is going to sit? You know, PG was talking a lot of trash in the offseason, saying he's back to MVP form with his new trainer. <laughs> he signed a max contract, a new max extension. Yeah, I, are we expecting that the Lakers are just going to come out and and be better than them all year, or is this Clippers no. revenge season? It's Clippers revenge season. Why? Clippers revenge Clippers revenge tour. LeBron's going to be thirty six, and I don't know this. I don't see them repeating. I'm going to pick the field over them. The Nets are going to be with Katie and Kyrie if they figure it out. They're going to be a good team. 
Milwaukee, if you think they uh, can get through the first two rounds, and if Giannis can actually play well. He can. All right, we'll see. We'll see in uh, April and May. But Clippers, um, they should be better. Uh, maybe Paul George uh, is going to finally play better, but the roster's still good. It's not like it's bad. Why can't yeah, we see them match Harold, up in the West Finals? So they match up well against the Lakers. They lost Harrell, so that's that's a loss for them. And now he's on the Lakers, so that doesn't help you anymore. Um, yeah. I mean, the one thing that could be said is the Lakers played the most games out of pretty much every team. Obviously, the Heat also. But if they're going to be seeing some fatigue, I mean, like you mentioned, LeBron is 36, getting older. Eventually, you know, he's going to slow down. Maybe it might not even be this year, but eventually that's going to catch up to him. And when you have that short of an offseason, you know, this has never been done before. Obviously, the season is a little bit shorter at just 72 games. But, I mean, we don't really even know what effect, uh, you know, that turnaround is going to have on some of these teams that went deeper in the year. So, I mean, the Clippers, they were there as well, but they didn't play as many games. Uh, they blew the 3-1 lead. They're going to be angry and ready to come out and, uh, you know, have a good season. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers didn't repeat just because of that fatigue and, uh, you know, they just yeah. can't withstand that many games in that short amount of time. Yeah, maybe Denver could be even better this year. Joel Barry building off what he did last year in the playoffs or or this past summer technically, but Michael Porter, I mean, he's going to play a lot of minutes this year. Like Jeremy Grant's gone. Michael Porter's going to step into a big role there, there out in Denver, so why can't he average close to 20 points with the skill set he's shown? All right, well, there are a lot of title contenders this year as there were last year, but one of them that we really, we weren't really sure what to make of them last season is the Brooklyn Nets, and they're coming into this year with a, a full roster. They re-signed Joe Harris in the offseason to a big contract. Kyrie and KD are coming back finally healthy. Nets fans hope. I mean, we don't know. They, they always uh, are sort of, especially Kyrie, sort of gets injured uh, frequently, but they are back with a full team. And Kyrie Irving, it seems like he just can't get out of his own way. He said a couple weeks ago that, he won't be speaking to the media at all this year. And he just refuses to do press conferences and, uh, you know, meet with the press and the NBA. They, you know, it's in your contract that you have to do that. And they're not going to have it. They fined him 25000 this week for not speaking at all during media week. They also fined the team, the Nets, 25000 So, well, his actions are going to impact the Nets as a whole. So I wonder if um, they're going to force him to meet because they don't want to be losing that money either. And uh, the NBA, they're cracking down on a lot of these these antics from the players. They're going to find teams 100K if they rest their players on national TV. So, the, yeah, the NBA, they don't Kawhi. want... Yeah, Kawhi, LeBron. They don't want those teams resting uh, their better players when they need to put them on display because the NBA, they love promoting their players and, uh, you know, they love those narratives when their best stars go head-to-head. So uh, they're, they're done with having teams do player management in the most important games. But Noah, I mean, we wanted Kyrie on the Knicks a couple years ago. Does it seem like we dodged a bullet? Because now he just he always says nonsense things. It's funny because it's probably better that he doesn't speak to the media, so that he doesn't say yeah. stupid. But yeah. I mean, he's being fined twenty five k. It's it's not a good look for him. I mean, I said on the show like a while ago, he's brain dead, and it's going to continue. The Knicks dodged a bullet. I mean, you call them. You call him the Odell of the NBA. Yeah, he is the Odell I think of the is, NBA. I think it's more appropriate to call him the AB now, probably. 
Yeah, he's he's well, you know, Kyrie's much better than AB is right now on Tampa Bay. At least, at least Kyrie didn't end his career for a year. He's still playing, but yeah, I mean, I just I feel like Odell's less crazy than AB. Yeah, definitely. So I, I mean, Kyrie's pretty. Yeah, he thinks the Earth is flat. He doesn't want to speak to the media. He just wants to get his way in Brooklyn. I mean, he didn't want Atkinson there. Him and Katie didn't want Atkinson, so they bring in Steve Nash to coach the vibes. And Dan Tony, and yeah, what did we say? Uh, it was a tweet that was that Jacques Vaughn will coach the defense, Mike D'Antoni will coach the co- offense, and like that that that's all that the that the report was. And somebody quote tweeted it and said Steve Nash will coach the vibes. So I mean that's I mean that's literally what is happening. That's why he was brought in. Yeah, I I don't know what he's actually gonna do. Like, that's have a whole new kind of coaching staff this year, and. Two new players stepping in, like Laverne Dimwitty, like they're gonna learn how to play more off the ball uh, with Katie and Kyrie splitting touches all the time. But yeah, Kyrie, he he's crazy. He would get hounded by the Knicks media every single day, but nobody gives a shit about the Nets. That's just what it is. Even with the best team in town, they were back page news in the New York Post. I understand that, but it's the Knicks. More people are gonna focus on focus on the Knicks. If RJ Barrett becomes an all-star, like something if Obi Toppin becomes incredible or something wins rookie of the year that's going to be the story in new york it's not going to be the nets getting through a first round playoff series with katie averaging 30 that's just what it's always been and there's gonna be no fans in any of these arenas which is even worse for a watching product uh watching college basketball well i must say it is brutal without fans in arenas i don't know if i could watch college basketball this year well, is March Madness gonna have fans? Like we, like that. That's gonna be an issue because it might be it might take the fun out of it a little bit. Yeah, college basketball certainly. I mean, the environments that it creates are some of the best in in sports. I mean, I remember going to. I went to Seton Hall games last year when they played against Michigan State, and it was an insane game where they. I think they lost by three, and Powell was hitting insane clutch shots, and I mean, it was just it was the craziest sports environment I had ever been in live. And really just for a regular season college basketball game. Yeah. I mean, I'm not the Knicks Porzingis against the I mean, that was at the garden. Too. We went to a Knicks game where LeVar ball was in attendance and the Knicks went to overtime <laughs> where Porzingis had 40. That was pretty good too. But I mean, I don't know you just can't replicate sitting in the student no. section of a college basketball game. It's just you not can. something that you can do. So yeah, I mean, certainly without crowds, uh, it's going to be a lot worse, but going back to the Nets, yeah, I mean, we've said it when, when Alan Hall was on the show that Katie and Kyrie got to New York, but they didn't get the New York spotlight. And that was kind of how they avoided playing for the Knicks. And, you know, these are two pretty dramatic players. We know KD with his antics on, on social media. You know, he, he definitely does not stay silent. He goes at fans. You know, our, our friend and host of another show, Thomas, he got replied to but on a technicality. I mean, KD replied to like a whole chain of people, but... You know, Thomas was in that chain, so he does get credit for having KD respond to him on Twitter. Uh, yeah, with these players, I mean, they're just, we've been, it's a trend that we've been seeing in the NBA that they're just overly dramatic. And uh, Kyrie, it's funny because it seems like that he wants these things to keep happening to him. He says these dumb things, and uh, it just, it seems like he wants it because over and over again, he says the earth is flat and, you know, he goes out in front of the TD Garden crowd in Boston and says, I'm re-signing or I'm not going anywhere, whatever he said. And then the next year he leaves. And now, you know, it's he admits to basically getting Kenny Atkinson fired this offseason. Yeah. 
And then he says that he's not going to speak to the media. So it's just a chain of things that uh, he just keeps saying. And uh, at this point, it seems like he wants it to keep happening because he doesn't stop. No, he won't stop. He's actually more silent. He's actually he's less silent than KD. But I mean, KD and Kyrie, we don't know if this actually is going to work. I mean, they both are scorers. They're not great passers either. They're both going to shoot the ball. I don't know what this Brooklyn team is going to look like. I really don't. I know they're going to be pretty good just because of the talent, but like, will will maybe it will take a year for this team to get right with the with the chemistry? If they don't win the championship this year or even make it to the finals, is it a complete failure right off the bat to you? So they have to make the finals. What if they lose in the finals? Well, I'm asking you. Do do you think they have to make the finals? Probably, yeah. They have to at least go. Their their floor is the East Finals. Their ceiling is winning the championship. So, yeah, if they lose anything before that, it's bad. I mean, yeah, if they only win 45 games or something and be the sixth seed, that's a failure. I mean, they have such a good roster around them, and they, the Nets prior to Katie and Kerry, and then they brought them in, and they brought in every coach, and they babied them. They got them everything they wanted. So if they, they mess up, it's their fault. It's a failure. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why there's all these roles in sports that exist. There's a reason why there's a head coach. There's a reason why there's a GM. And the players just don't do everything. And, uh, you know, we're getting closer and closer with the Nets to seeing the players run the show. It seems like Katie and Kyrie, uh, they make the decisions on, you know, who they play with on the roster. Kyrie said that they need a third star, which they didn't go out and get. I mean, I guess Joe Harris they is could still. Getting, that, he's getting that third star money. I mean, yeah, there was all that drama with Harden, right? So that that was in discussion. They got Atkinson fired. They brought in the guy that they want, even though it seems like the Nets are not having it. They want D'Antoni and Vaughn to do everything basketball-related. And uh, they're sort of ignoring Steve Nash up to this point. But, yeah, it's it's kind of uh, you know frustrating to watch because it seems like they're just taking over that team. And uh, it gets annoying after a while when you just see these stars nonstop speaking. Can everyone be like Kawhi Leonard sometimes? Maybe we need more of those. Or LeBron James. I mean, LeBron is plenty vocal, but he doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't say the earth is flat or like not speaking to the media. He also kind of wants to play in every game too, because I think he played in almost every game last year because he says he wants to do it for the fans. Like there are people that drive hours to watch him play and pay a lot of money. And if he doesn't play in that game, he feels bad because like, they came to see him. Like He's got to give back to the fans and everyone that watches him. Right, and when it comes to asking for things and building a roster, you know, we kind of make fun of him for being the GM. And he sort of, I mean, everybody says he coached the team when they won the championship in Cleveland and not Ty Lue. But, at least, I mean, at least he won the championship. Like He backs it yeah. up with his good play and yeah. he leads the team. He doesn't just what has say Kyrie done? the coach sucks and then does nothing like Kyrie. Yeah, and KD has not won a championship when he's not been part of the Warriors. Like he failed in OKC and then went to join the seventy-three and nine team. What has KD on his resume that's been so great? I mean, obviously a top player, but he got everything he wanted in Brooklyn. So let's go. Let's see you win. Let's see you win a championship with you and Kyrie. You picked Kyrie also. A lot of star discussion going on this episode. A lot of NBA, you know, their top players. It seems like coming to this year, you know, everybody wants to rank the top players in the NBA and ESPN, they're no different. They pub- they publish their top 100 going into the season every year. I remember they ranked Kobe Bryant 93rd one year. 
and, and Mello and really I, low. Stephen A had something to say about that. Mello also came in. Uh, you know, I think he was outside the top fifty, and people were going nuts. And this year, I mean, it's kind of no different with with some of their stupidity where they ranked some of these players. The top ten, you know, they put out LeBron was number one, AD was number two, Giannis three, Luca four, Kawhi five, KD six, Lillard seven, in front of Curry at eight. Harden, another MVP at nine, and Jokic at ten. So that already, uh, you know, a couple things that I would probably change there for that top ten. Uh, what did you think about this whole list, Noah? I think we should just redo the top ten. I mean, ESPN.com. It is the top players at basketball this season. I guess maybe they think like at the end of the season this will be the top ten, or like, how do you think they ranked this? Because I mean, LeBron, AD, they they are fresh off a championship. Do you think they just ranked it like? off of last season like going into this season or do you because it does say the article says predicts the top players of basketball this season so they're predicting like who's going to be the best maybe at the end i don't i don't know what do you think of this you know i think that's part of the problem is it's left intentionally vague or yeah it's kind of it's not really clear i don't know what there's not a metric that we know for the reason why they ranked i mean if you're ranking them for the like off last season going into this season I mean, I, I suppose it, it makes sense. I mean, that's that's the only reason why you would have AD second and why you'd have Curry at eight behind Lillard and Durant. I mean, I guess, I mean, even, I mean, you yeah, yeah, wait, hold on. You can't even do that because Durant didn't play last year. So and Curry is it off last year. Okay, so it is, I guess, yeah, it's right. It's, <laughs> I guess at the end of the season, like they're going to, like these are going to be the best players this year. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, even then, you know, I'm not really I sure how Lillard would be better than Harden or Curry. Right, exactly. And going further down the list, you know, we're seeing Zion is ranked inside the top 20. Oh, uh, he's my ranked God. in front of PG and in front of, uh, we can get into that. Uh, even further, you know, Lonzo Ball ranked ahead of Zach Levine and Blake Griffin and some of these other players that have been all-stars or nearly all-stars in the past. You know, Lonzo, he barely averages over 10 points per game. And you're ranking him in front of Zach Levine, who averages 20 and is an actual leader for his team. You know, I just, it doesn't really make much sense. And there's no consistency with this list. And that's probably why a lot of people are complaining about it. Okay, yeah. I don't, I, this top 10 is kind of weird, Will, because I don't think AD is the second best player in the league. I mean, I wouldn't, I, I, I don't know. I don't think he's better than Luka or, or Kawhi yet either, but. You would expect oh, well, Luka to be better than Giannis, I bet. Who AD? Yeah. No. Okay, you're smart. Thank you. I rather KD is better than AD to me, and Kawhi wow, really? and all those. Yeah, yeah, and Lillard. I don't know how he's better than Horan or Curry on this list. Jokic tenth. Uh, that's pretty realistic, I think. I know they have Tatum at eleven. I think that's a, a good spot for Tatum and twelve for Jimmy and those players. But wait. Devin Booker seventeenth. Is he really worse than Jimmy Butler? I mean, I know Jimmy just took them to the finals. What do you think of that take? Um. Well, again, it comes down to how they ranked this, and I mean, I guess I, I'm fine with Jimmy being ahead of Booker, but in terms of in the future, I mean, Booker's obviously younger. He's a much better offensive player, but when it comes to you know all around game, I guess they think Jimmy's better, and I don't know. I can't really argue with that. Yeah, that's fair. Luca being in the top five is fine, probably because you expect that he, he was great last year and he took the Clippers to almost to game seven, but expect him to get better and better 
this year and take the Mavs even further. They were what, like the seventh seed this past year, and they could be even maybe a top five seed, maybe a top three seed. Who knows? Expectancy in their league. I don't get how D'Angelo Russell's 69th on this list. I don't know how. Uh, I wouldn't. I, I like Tyler Hero a lot. I wouldn't like. I wouldn't think he's seven players better than D'Angelo Russell or 11. And Lonzo's 54th. There's no way in hell he's better than D'Angelo Russell. I know Lonzo's a good passer and defender, but you can't have a 10 point per game player be ahead of like almost a 25 points per game player in the NBA. I don't care what it is, what your deal is, but they think Lonzo is better. Lonzo, Christian Wood, Nurkic, and Porter Jr. We just played half a season in Denver. They all think they're, he's better than Zach Levine, who averaged 25 last year. And you love Zach Levine, so you're probably getting, you're getting really excited me talking about Zach Levine because you think he's better than Clay. That's a debate for another time. We've debated well, that, that was, in the past. That was a long time ago. Uh, Zach Levine is definitely better than Clay now because Clay came and play a game this year. So yeah, he's he also definitely better than Lonzo. He's yeah, he's Christian Wood. I mean, he's not fancy at all. He's not good. Not that good. He got a nice contract from the Rockets, but and Nurkic. I mean, oh, he's just an average center. You know, I, I guess you could say he's above average, but. I'm not really sure why he's better than Zach Levine on this list. I don't know. ESPN, they, they do really weird rankings. Zion 19th is egregious. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's up to 100. I mean, we really can't go through every single thing. At no. least, I mean, looking at the top 10, I, mean, I think we can agree that the 10 players that they picked, regardless of the order, are actually oh, the pretty right good. 10. Yeah, that's yeah. the right 10. I don't think there's anybody that they left out that was, uh, you know, forgotten about. Yeah, I think my biggest problem with the top 10 is is Curry being 8th while KD is 6th because, again, with that consistency, both of them basically didn't play last year. Uh, you're going to have Curry be outside the top 5 while, while KD is... Well, they are coming uh, off injuries. Yeah, but, I mean, if you're going to... I don't know how AD is 2nd. That doesn't make any sense to me. Even, I think that's the worst. I think AD being 2nd is the worst it. thing here. We, we haven't even talked about it, but KD, I mean, who knows what he's going to be like after an Achilles injury. We don't yeah. know if he's going to be able to come back and be as good as you know we think he is. So that's part of it. Yeah, AD being second. I, know, I mean, all the LeBron fans are happy that they put LeBron number one, but they also put his teammate number two. So that means he had the best teammate when he was uh, you know, winning yeah. the championship, which is <laughs> to his discredit, I guess. So I mean, that's I, another yeah. thing. Giannis won MVP. They put him at three. So not I think one, that's a not fair two, ranking. But three. I think he has to be at least two. Eh, I don't know. I you know what? I have AD not in my top five if I had to redo this list. I don't right, think AD's do top quickly. five. What do you think is the top ten? Or I guess we're talking about the end of the year. Who will be the top ten? Going off yeah. this season, who's gonna have the best year? Yeah. Um we will go. I guess we'll go Kawhi 1, wow. LeBron 2, KD 3, and I guess Giannis 4, and then Luka 5. And then Curry See, 6, mean, and then Curry 6, AD 7, and then like I guess, I guess Harden 8, I guess it's not that crazy. He's ninth here. That's so crazy. You're going to have KD in the top 3. Yeah, I, I think he's going to average 25. I, I think he's going to be great. I don't know. He's gonna, do you think he's going to be better than Giannis, who averaged 30 and 13 last year and will probably do it again? I don't he doesn't know. He have to play with Kyrie, who takes every that, shot. That's true. He to play that by is himself. interesting. Can I put Luka ahead of Giannis then? 
No. Well, I'll do that. Why what? not? Why not? He's got us some back-to-back MVPs, sir. All right. Well, Giannis is three on my list. Well, he wasn't three four, until or four, just I mean, now. Or four. Or four. Uh, he's three or four. Oh, my. I still think Kawhi is better than him, though. I guess. I mean, if we think Kawhi Clippers has... revenge season, you got to think Kawhi's got to be in the top two, right? Yeah. But, I mean, he has it's no kinda, MVPs. It's kinda, this list is basically based on where you think these teams are going to fall or, or in the playoffs. Yeah, NBA rankings, that they will definitely fluctuate during the season based on teams and injuries and stuff. But MLB winter meetings have started well. I know the Yan- your Yankees are not going to make any moves. They're going to help the team. Or, yeah, good. They were good last year. Just but have they haven't. This they, time. they need. They need to win a championship. The time's running out. And the time's running out for what? <laughs> the the Yankees being good. <laughs> okay, and we'll be winner being started. And I know John Boy. John Boy had a bunch of guests on his show and. He had a bunch of MLB insiders, and they all predicted where Trevor Bauer would end up. And the caster said that he would go to the Angels. Costas, I think I trust Costas the most out of all these people. He said the Mets. Oh, yeah, no wonder why you broadcaster. He's, he's the best broadcaster, and he chose the Mets. Paston chose the Angels, and Rosenthal chose the Dodgers. And a bunch of other – a lot of people chose the Angels. Buster Ole chose the Angels. Where the, Trevor Bauer, I don't know. If you're listening to this, Trevor Bauer, do not sign with the Angels. If you want to lose every game, do not sign with the the Clippers of the the baseball league, like the LA Angels. Nobody cares about them compared to the Dodgers. The Angels just they don't win. I know the Mets. You get oh, they don't make the playoffs. Well, guess what? I mean, the, the New York market. You're gonna have a lot more fun playing for the. Mets, we have objectively a better team than the Angels. And I don't know who the hell said he would go with the Dodgers. Rosenthal said that. What, how would that even be possible? They would just have the most insane team ever if he joined them. So he's definitely, it's going to be the Mets or the Angels. Maybe, he certainly he's knows a crackhead. So I don't, who's a crackhead? What? Maybe Bauer's like a crackhead. I mean, he's, he's done crazy stuff. He chucks stuff in center field. He rages all the time. <laughs> I know. I know for a fact the Yankees have never signed him. Uh, Garrett Cole and Trevor Bauer hate each other's guts. I heard they they used to pitch at UCLA, so that would not bode well if they were in the same pitching staff. So join the Mets then, if you don't want to sign with the Yankees. But going to the Angels, we have more money than the Angels, so this doesn't make any sense to me. But do you think Bauer's gonna go with the Angels or Mets? Will? Well, I don't really know what he wants to do. I mean, if he wants to live in LA, he could just go play for the Angels and. Uh... But he wants I to live in hang New York out in California. and I mean, beat Garrett Cole. He, he, he literally was living in, in Cincinnati playing for the Reds and, you know, going crazy. I mean, he won the Cy Young. So uh, he definitely uh, had a great year last year. And then I mean, for the Mets, I mean, making the case for them, I mean, obviously you want him to sign there because you're, you're a biased fan and that's okay. But <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the Mets, are they really going to be – making that move this offseason, I guess it kind of depends on who else they sign because they can't just go out and get everybody regardless of what Met fans think. I've been hearing it forever I, I from say that. fans about how much they want to sign every every offseason free agent. And uh, That's Yankee you know, fans. I, just, I know. I just said it's Yankee fans, and it's just not yeah, realistic. Okay. So now the Met fans are falling into the same trap. And, uh, I mean, I'm just not sure. Bauer could be one of the players that they sign. But when you look at the Mets, I mean, they have DeGrom already, one of the better pitchers 
I mean, the best pitcher, honestly, uh, Syndergaard's coming back off injury. Marcus Stroman's coming back. He opted out last year. So they have, you know, three solid pitchers uh, to already have. And if, uh, if um, whatever the, the, that guy's name is, Steve Cohen, the rich guy, uh, whatever that guy wants to do, you know, if he wants to repair this team and make it significantly better, but he doesn't want to go out and sign everybody, you'd have to think that pitching, starting pitching, he's going to have confidence in the where it's at. And he's going to want to replace some other positions that, need uh you know some better players so uh i don't know it it seems like it's going to come down to just what city bauer wants to play in and if cohen's willing to give him a lot of money the rich gotta get richer so the Mets just gotta sign bauer and springer but the Mets are poor they're not rich right now they are rich right now he owns the team not not rich from a player sense they're rich from a a bank account yeah (laughs) Springer, I, I don't, I don't know where you would go. I think the Mets is the most realistic option. A lot of reporters have been talk, saying the Mets have been talking to Springer. That's really a good fit for them. He, I know, uh, short season Springer wasn't that good, but he had 39 home runs in 2019 and 96 RBIs. The former World Series MVP for the Astros, he would definitely give the Mets a big boost to their lineup. But back to Steve Cohen for saying, well, his Twitter keeps he, he it's keep it keeps going. He keeps tweeting stuff. His wife got verified on Twitter. He said, and his wife tweeted, "Guess who just got verified? Does this mean I'm really me now?" And then Steve responded with, "It's the first check that I didn't have to give my wife. Congrats, honey, you are now officially you." <laughs> and then his wife said, "His wife responded him with, honey, you verified me over 30 years ago when you said I love you." <laughs> so oh, he God, he's gonna cringy. He's gonna keep uh, he's gonna keep trolling. I mean, he's he actually tweeted three days ago. You want the good news or the bad news? And then he said the good news is I, I think I lost two pounds. And then he said the bad news is I got nothing to report. Things are developing slowly, so hang in there. <laughs> and then wow, some guy responded to the tweet saying, "Yeah, I think we're the same old Mets. A lot of rumors, but no action. If we don't sign Yikes. stars, it's fine. I'm used to it all my life as a Mets fan." Sign mediocre players, go Mets. And Steve responded to that fan with very inspirational. Do you do, you do motivational speaking? <laughs> he, he loves interacting. Funny. With fans. Yes, Twitter. His Twitter is really funny, and I hope he gets the job done for this team because we need good. We need. We do not need mediocre players on this team. We need better players because he wants to win a World Series. He stayed at his first ever press conference with this team, so. You know what? Speaking of Twitter scandals, uh, did you see that the uh, the Bob Costas Twitter was just a complete fake? It wasn't him. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny because the thing he, he responded to someone on that account, the Costas account. And it, yeah, he, I know it sounded realistic. It, it, it sounded like him. It sounded exactly how <laughs> he would speak. So, uh, yeah, Twitter Twitter's been doing well lately, but we're definitely gonna check in Steve Cohen's Twitter more and more on the show because the Yankees owner doesn't tweet and it's fun looking at Cohen's Twitter what he says. The only owner that yeah. just tweets at people. It's it's sort of like the president or the former president of the United States. Uh, well, not tweeting yet. all day. <laughs> not we yet. A, we got a month to go, buddy. Yeah, we do. All right. Well, lots of Twitter shenanigans happening. Costas uh, is a fake. Cohen is. A real fans. All right. Well, that brings us to, you know, we've hit on the NBA with hit on the MLB. Let's just do the NFL. You know, we close it out every Friday with the NFL. What is it? Week 14. I always get the weeks wrong. You got to correct me. 14 headed into this week. 
I missed the fantasy playoffs. Unfortunately, uh, you did not. You were receive receive you received the first round by. So congratulations to a one uh, seed your team in our league. Yeah. There was a football game last night, believe it or not, and I did not watch a single second of it. Did you? The Rams Patriots? No. That's see that's the thing. When when fantasy dies for me, like and it's never happened before. This is the only year I've actually been completely miserable at fantasy. What do you mean? You've been miserable some other years. No, I okay, look, I I was a top three seed last year. The year before that, I was at the bottom of the playoffs. You know, I've been, it's enough to keep me engaged with the season. Yeah, your only win this year is against me. You could have been 0 13. I actually (laughs) won two games last year when I finished in last. So you have the worst record of all time now, 1 12. (laughs) Nobody, that's actually really not good. And you thought my team was going to be bad. And it literally was the complete opposite. I was the, West team, the one seed, technically, and you were the last team. You made fun of my team, and look where we are now. Yeah, but just speaking about the NFL, like that's what happens when fantasy dies. That's why the NFL is the most watched sport because everybody bets on the games, everybody does fantasy, and they watch every game because they're just addicted to it. And when that goes away, I have no interest in really any games other than yeah, the Vikings, I, I actually which are my favorite team. Yeah, I had nobody in that Rams-Patriots game. And I also have a bias, so who cares? I don't have to look at anything this week. But uh, right. I'll watch the Seahawks so dismantle exactly. the Jets. That's stupid. That's uh, The NFL is run by fantasy. My conspiracy. Why can't the NBA be run by fantasy? Nobody plays well, fantasy we're basketball. Doing, we're going to do fantasy basketball again. I'm, I am the reigning champ of fantasy basketball. So yeah, it so doesn't you have count. to step to me. Yeah, that doesn't count. That's not really error. Well, it does. I'm sorry. But... Patriots are dead. I mean, they lost 24 to 3. They're 6 and 7, Will. And before anyone says to me, Bill can't win without Brady, does anyone realize who is quarterbacking this Patriots team and what offensive players they have on their team? The Bucs are 7 and 5. That's not even that much better than 6 and 7. The Bucs are going to lose in the first round of the playoffs, probably. So I don't know where this notion is that Brady's winning I mean he has been bad the last couple of weeks so he had a bye last week but the Patriots I mean they had so many opt-outs on defense and Bill has taken a Cam Newton team and he can't even throw over 10 yards to maybe an A and A verge of a playoff spot but their last night they're pretty much dead they don't have any good offensive players I mean when, when they get everyone back and if the Patriots keep Cam or maybe get another quarterback, they could be a playoff team, I think. Uh, once they get better players through the draft and they get their they get high tower back and Chung, so many of those defensive uh, p- big pieces that are Super Bowl runs, but I mean I I'm not ready to go out and say Brady won. I mean, I think it's very close in the Bill versus Brady power rankings. What do you think? Yeah, we're going to have to evaluate at the end of the year. I mean, I know in our our pre preview shows uh, for the season, you know, we talked about you know a lot of the narratives going in, and that's certainly one of the biggest ones. You know, who's who's better without the other one, Tom Brady or, or Belichick? And we'll figure it out once the season's over. But I mean, just to continue piling onto myself, uh, which is not great, I picked the Chargers to win win a plus one last oh, week. Oh yeah, I said there was no way that they would. They, that, they, that they couldn't beat the Patriots at home. They lost 45 nothing. So that was just a complete... Yeah. The, the, it's a complete meltdown uh, for me. Uh, the you went one for two. The streak continues. I went um, two and one. 
and I mean, I don't want to pivot into this discussion. This could certainly be had, you know, as a main point at the beginning of a show. But in terms of rookie of the year, I mean, I know I'm biased, but Justin Jefferson, he, he doesn't get shut out 45 nothing, folks. Well, he doesn't play both sides of the ball. <laughs> what? He's just a receiver. He has one easy job. Yeah, one easy job. He's also, got to be a, a beast. Also, and Herbert also, clamped also, by trash. Also, Anthony Lynn is a top five worst coach in this league. It's it's clear after this season. He's not he's his this is his last year, I think, as the Chargers coach. But you know what? Yeah, if okay. Well Bro got hurt. I I mean he was gonna win rookie of the year probably if he played in every game. It could be Herbert. It's gonna be Herbert or Jefferson. Uh, it's a Justin battle. We we have to bring Justin Nicosia on to to talk about it. Yeah, we'll see what the consistent. we'll see what we'll see what the other Justin says. But yeah, uh, Vikings six and six. They actually ended up in the playoff spot. The Seahawks suck. They lost to the Giants, so we're not going to talk about that. They play the Jets this week. If they lose that game, oh, it's over. We're not making a. We're, we don't deserve to make the playoffs, but. <laughs> I think we need to discuss the Rams ceiling well because I, I'm starting to think this team can actually go all the way. I mean, their defense is amazing, and if golf doesn't make mistakes, they're going to be a good team. They've been running the ball the last couple of weeks really well. Cam Akers, 170 yards against New England. I mean, this team doesn't really have many weaknesses. You could say Jared Goff is the weakness, but um, he's still, I don't know, like the 14th best quarterback in this league. The Rams, they have the best defense out of them and the Packers and maybe even the Saints. So, and I don't think Drew Brees is that special anymore. So, should we, should we talk about the Rams more? Can they actually go all the way? Well, they're at the top of the division right now. You know, obviously they have played an extra game uh, playing yesterday. But if the Seahawks, I mean, they look, they, they suffered a bad loss this week. And the Cardinals as well. Both of them uh, went down. Cardinals so. are falling apart. Yeah, I'm looking for – I mean, the Vikings jumped them in the standings. They're the seventh seed now. So I'm looking to see them continue to melt down. Uh, I mean, this has been one of the, the better divisions, if not the best division in football this season. And it's largely been due to the play of those three teams, the Cardinals, the Seahawks, and the Rams. So if you're going to say the Cardinals are out of it, they're not going to win the, the division, they could still make the playoffs, obviously. The Seahawks, I mean, yeah, they, they lost to – the Giants, who the Rams beat. So if you're just going to look at you know that one specific team, uh, the Rams do have the advantage right there. I don't know if I believe in this team enough to actually you know dethrone the Saints or our teams at the real top of the NFC. The Rams and the Seahawks. I mean, you could you watch those games a lot more closely than I do. They seem pretty pretty evenly matched every time they go up yeah, against each other. True. They they are evenly matched when they play each other, but. So, I don't know. Look, it's just going to come down to the last couple of games. They play the Seahawks next week. So, get ready no, for that. No, two that weeks, three be... weeks. December 27th oh, yeah, yeah. My in fault. Seattle. Seahawks lost the first meeting 23-16. So, that game is going to decide the NFC West. And pretty much, yeah, it's going to decide who gets the three seed probably in the NFC. Unless the Packers lose another game. Then it could be for a bye, Will, in a couple weeks. So, that is really important. And we know this, the odds are stacked against you if you don't get a bye to make the Super Bowl in the NFL. Most teams that get the bye, one of them do man, ends up making the Super Bowl. So, yeah, we saw the 49ers and Chiefs with buys last year. They both made it. So, it's going to be tough playing three games on the road if you're not a bye team. All right. Well, it's a race to watch in a couple of weeks. You know, unfortunately, we will be 
on our little break uh, over that period of time. But there's going to be a lot to maybe catch up on. Maybe if the Stokes on. get a, an amazing win and get a buy, maybe I'll come back and do a solo show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll come back. We could do a little, you know, a small 20-minute show, you know, popping back in if some dramatic stuff happens. You know, maybe R.J. Barrett scores 80 points and we have to come back <laughs> and talk about it. Maybe the Knicks start 7-0 and and they beat the Nets by 20 at the Barclays and KD like and Kyrie just cries to the media after the game. Oh wait, he's not talking to the media. So uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Before we get off track here, let's just close it out. Locks of the week. Um, I will start off here. The first game I'm going with, and you know, you could call me a prisoner of the moment here, but I'm taking the giants as one of my locks. They're a minus there. They are yeah. plus three going hosting the Cardinals. I don't know how. Off. A series of losses. Uh, I think the Giants at home. You know, the Cardinals are coming out east. I think this is uh, a mistake having them. Yeah, not I don't be favored know. In this game, but Vegas I'm not knows. Really sure and how this happens. Maybe Daniel Jones isn't playing again. Which I mean, quite honestly, I have not looked into super closely. So that could be a reason as to why they're not favored. But I mean, if he plays, I have to. Uh, I mean, I, I know I just said that the Cardinal that the Chargers were going to win and they lost forty-five nothing, but. I've also been picking the Cardinals to win games, and they haven't been coming through for me. So I'm going with the Giants. They just beat the Seahawks, who are a better team. They're going to ride that momentum. They're in it for the division. They could go 8-8. Eight and eight. I mean, they could close out the year. They a are a good that team. Is possible. They are good. Joe Judge so, has made them a good team, actually. The Giants have one less win than the Vikings. You can't make I'm fun of the Giants it. anymore. They've one less win than your Vikings. Yeah, and the Vikings, I mean, they're, they're playing well. And winning games. So Tough game I'm at Tampa this week, though. Off an of important Tampa. game. They could jump Tampa in the standings if they win. Yeah. Bucks are coming off a of bye. I would lean towards the Buccaneers there, but you never know. Justin Jefferson he could explode for another amazing game like he has been all season. Yeah, the Giants. Yeah, that's my first I, lock, the Giants. Yeah, I would I would like the Giants, but uh, I'm not going to pick it because you're, you're picking it, and I think literally everybody – is going to bet the Giants this weekend. And you know what? Maybe everyone's too hyped on the Giants. Maybe they actually lose to the better quarterback. And maybe they can't guard DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know. It could be a funky game. I'm just going to stay away from that game. The Giants should win, theoretically, but it's only three. Anything can happen. And Kyler Murray is still good. But So my first lock, I'm going with Dallas, minus three and a half, at Cincinnati. It's Andy Dalton revenge game. Andy Dalton is playing in Cincinnati and the Cowboys have been playing so bad recently. Same with the Bengals, but like who the hell is the Bengals quarterback? Still Brandon Allen. I'm going to trust Andy Dalton and his revenge narrative and the Cowboys are going to put up points on this Bengals day. So they should easily be able to win by more than four. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, picking the Cowboys to win or I mean, the Cowboys are favored. So you're going to, you're going to double down and say that they're actually going to be able to pull through. Yeah, I don't know I how willing I would be to actually, you know, bet the revenge for the narrative. Cowboys. Kinda, kind of risky there, but I mean, yeah, it makes sense if Dahl wants to go in there and go crazy and win. You know, that certainly is a possibility. For my next game, uh, I am going with the New Orleans Saints. They're a minus seven favorite visiting the Eagles. That's probably going to be a game of the week. It's at four twenty-five. I don't know why I'm uh, sick of seeing the Eagles in prime time. It's Jalen Hurts' debut, kids, and uh, you know I bet against he Tua might be good. his debut. I locked the Rams, who we just 
and they got about, blown out. <laughs> and they got blown out. So hey, look, I'm doing it again. I'm picking the Saints. The Saints are a better team to me than the Rams, and Jalen Hurts is a worse QB to me than Tua. So really, yeah, I just actually, I'm, I'm, actually, we don't even have any evaluation to go off that any film. We, or anything. I mean, you're right, but I'm just gonna say, I look, the Eagles—they've been a mess all year. Is, is Jalen Hurts really? No, better than Carson Wentz. I and mean, they really, also have to change like, the offense around him. So no, yeah, I like that. Right, pick. there's a lot more. There's a lot more moving pieces when you have Hurts under center. The Saints. I mean, they're, they're at the top of the NFC. They could go to the Super Bowl and or win it. So I mean, look, they're a touchdown favorite. They think they could blow them out. I mean, it's a rookie quarterback in his debut against a great defense. Well, what's going to happen? Yeah, you're right. Maybe the Eagles just get more hype. It's playing for Jalen Hurts and Wentz, and they actually win. It's but- possible. Yeah, that's awesome. They should fire their, you know, they should fire their coach. If they fired their coach, they would win because that was just what automatically happens every time. Every single coach this year, after they got fired, they the team won. The and the Jets the still week. have not fired Adam Gase. They need to fire Gase. They, they don't want to win. win. They don't want that magic for a game. Yeah, they, they don't want. But uh, I'm going with the Titans. My second pick, minus seven and a half at Jacksonville. Jags. I know they play a lot of teams close. They played your Vikings close last week, but. The Titans got crushed by the Browns last week, and they're they're going to be angry. They, this is a this is an important game for seeding. You got to take the more teams this late in the season. The Titans are going to get up for this game. I think they're going to crush the Jags. They're going to blow them out. The Jags actually kept it within four when they first met earlier in the season, and there's just no way the Jags keep it close twice against this Titans team. This team is too talented on offense, and Titans should easily be able to win by double digits. I think they're desperate for a win. They got slapped last week. They got to win the division. They're motivated. They're going to beat the Jags. Seven and a half, book it. Yeah, I like the Titans to win this division and, you know, obviously to win this game. The Jags, I mean, they scared me last week. They played the Vikings into overtime and, uh, you know, a lot of missed kicks by, I mean, by the Jags kicker. They've had their problems all year. And Dan Bailey was very inconsistent in a dome. Uh, He was missing some PATs and field goals, so. I mean, the, the Vikings could have closed that out a lot earlier if, uh, you know, those went down. But at least they won. You know, I'll take it. But they didn't win big. I mean, they won, uh, you know, in overtime off a field goal. And uh, Jacksonville, they come in as a plus seven and a half. Even if the Titans win, they might not win by enough to cover. So seven and a half could be too large of a spread. Could be a troll. But my the final team game, has won, went for a reason. So my final game, another shocking spread coming in on you know we're recording this on friday who knows what could change uh but we're locking in these these picks as they are the steelers visiting buffalo i know they're coming off a loss but they are not favored to win the bills are the favorite on sunday night football i mean i just i have no idea why buffalo is a good team but they're not 11 and 1 like the steelers the steelers are what have been the the most consistent team all year and they just lost to washington it was a very strange game on on early Monday night, but the Steelers. I mean, they're not they're not going to lose two games in a row in a season that they were about to go undefeated. They're just going to come I, in and win. I have a rebuttal. They are going to lose this game. Okay, well, tell me why. They're they're just trending down. This Pittsburgh team. This team is the worst eleven win team in the NFL. <laughs> Dude, that's the stupidest thing I've ever. Like know. people who <laughs> are saying that are so dumb because. They're not playing against other 11 and 1 11 I know, I'm and kidding. teams. They're playing against the teams that are in the league right now. Who cares? 
if they're Sorry, the worst Chris, 11, but... 11 and 0 team, it doesn't matter because they just have to be the best team right now, and they are. So they're going to win this game, and uh, it doesn't matter what. I don't think they do. are, but I'm, I'm going to give us some real reasons besides that joking uh, Instagram comment reason. But they are trending down. They the Dupree and Bush out for the year. Those are two of their four best defensive players. They're just their defense isn't going to be as good. Big Ben hasn't looked good the last couple of weeks, and Buffalo is really bad against the run. And Pittsburgh is bottom five in being able to run the ball this year. They're bottom five in yards for carry. And I, I just think the Bills' secondary is really good. I mean, they're going to limit Deontay Johnson, Juju. I don't think he's that great. But the Bills have all the ingredients in the skims in Buffalo. I know it's, there's no fans, but I think the Bills squeak out a win here. I think they're going to – I don't like how Pittsburgh's moving uh, as the season gets further and further along. I think they lose this game. But I'm, it's not one of my locks. I'm just saying I think the Bills win. I'm gonna, I want to rebuttal your, your take. Yeah, I mean, the Bills are favored. So, I mean, there's a reason for that, I guess. I just don't believe in it. Their defense gets got worse, Pittsburgh. And, yeah, Josh Allen was fantastic last week. I think this, this Buffalo wide receivers are going to get loose against Pittsburgh. It's going to be a close game, but I think the Bills pulled out. But uh, So, my uh, final lock is the Chargers. I know they lost 45 nothing last week, but you can't really replicate <laughs> that when you play the Falcons. Yeah, and uh, the real Justin off is going to win offensive rookie of the year. Mr. Herber is going to come back with um, – he's going to have four touchdowns against the Falcons at home. He's going to come back strong. Falcons are favored by one and a half in Los Angeles. Chargers bounce back. I think they're going to win, and Herbert's going to prove why he's the better Justin. <laughs> And they're not losing forty five nothing. That's pretty much my reasons. You just called Anthony Lynn the worst coach or one of the worst coaches. Uh, He is. He probably would be the worst. It's also the Atlanta Falcons. It's also the Atlanta Falcons, and there's no way you can lose forty five nothing back to back weeks. That's kind of the main reason. They they have to win to cover your lock, and I think they are going to win this game. I do. Julio's also ruled out for Atlanta, so that's a another loss for them. Good reason. And uh, okay, well, Giants, Saints, and Steelers are what I'm going with this week. Yeah, I'm t- I, w- I took the lead, I went to one last week, but I'm going with Chargers, Titans, and Cowboys. Do we even right, need to do fancy in. features and flops anymore? Because like half the league is out of the playoffs in every league. Yeah, do people really care true. about this anymore. Forget that. <laughs> For, forget that. I hate I, fantasy anyway, I hate talking about it. But uh, actually reported by Mark Stein, uh, one of the best in the business, New York Times NBA writer. He said Philly is the best, uh, the most likely destination for James Harden to be traded to. And just a little news at the end of the show. We'll see if a trade happens over the weekend, but it could happen. I mean, they could give up Ben Simmons. They have the, Philly has got, they're in a good position. They have a lot of trade pieces. All right. Well, yeah, that's interesting. We'll see. Uh, you know, there's a late off-season move here. You know, games start today. The Rockets play their first game. Uh, so interesting to see if Harden shows up and plays. All right, that's going to do it for, what is this, episode 52 of the Bonafide Scrubs. You can follow us on Instagram at the Bonafide Scrubs, on Twitter at Bonafide Scrubs. How many times am I going to say Bonafide Scrubs in a row? I don't know. You could rate us. I don't know. And review us on Apple. We appreciate. We have over 120 five star reviews. Actually, I think it's 122. I think it's 22. Yeah, whatever. So you know, shout out to you guys for rating the show. We appreciate it. Continue to do it. it helps us. It keeps us motivated. Uh, subscribe on Spotify and on all 
the podcast platforms where you can listen. And that'll do it. The Knicks, hopefully they can win today. You want to know. Friday night Knicks on MSG. <laughs> you got to get there. Okay, that's going to do it. We'll see you next week. Peace.